1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers complete the signing of Tom Lawrence. Ange Postacoglu is targeting two or three more signings and the League Cup group stages kick off tomorrow. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Well, no marquee signing yet uh, from Rangers, uh, but uh, Tom Lawrence at the age of 28 is the same as Antonio Cholak. So Rangers have got in players that the fans can argue over. Some will say, well... Free transfer from Derby went all right for John Lundstrom when he came in last season on a free transfer from Sheffield United. And uh, Cholak, although Rangers are his 11th senior club, uh, he does have the knack of scoring goals. Yeah, I was away for the night last night. The studio looks to be still in one piece, which is uh, which is some good stuff. And we want to hear from you tonight as well. 01419511025. If you've got any thoughts, Rangers fans, what do you make of that signing of Tom Lawrence, the club's third summer signing this window? Celtic fans, what do you make of Ange Postacoglu's comments today saying that he's targeting two or three more signings? Are there any positions in particular that you're looking at? Any players in particular you'd like to see come in? Give us a call 01419511025. Maybe you're excited, your club's in action this weekend The first competitive action of the Scottish season In the Premier Sports Cup We'd like to hear from you as well Of course you can tweet us at Clyde SSB And it's strange to think that that's it Hugh The season it officially kicks off tomorrow With the Premier Sports Cup group stage Yeah well uh, it can't come quickly enough for some people uh, The big kickoff will be on the 30th of July of course However uh, interesting ties tomorrow um, but the, the real debate I think tonight is, you know, Rangers made a lot of money last season uh, in terms of the, the run to Seville, Europa League final. Uh, but so far, uh, their summertime activity amounts to £1.8 million for Antonio Cholak. Yeah, well, let's take a look at that signing today because, as you know, Rangers have completed the signing of Tom Lawrence on a free transfer. The 28-year-old joins after leaving Derby County this summer. He spent five seasons there, scoring 35 goals in around 180 appearances. Becomes our third summer addition after John Souter and Antonio Cholak. And I'm sure Rangers fans will be happy that the business is getting done now. There was maybe a bit of concern over the last couple of weeks that there weren't bodies coming in, but with Cholak and, and now Tom Lawrence coming in, in a matter of days, things will certainly be looking better from a Rangers perspective. Well, as I say, because he's a free transfer, Tom Lawrence, there's no need to dismiss him. John Lundstrom was a free transfer and became arguably one of the most popular Rangers players last season. Uh, Rangers also have a habit uh, of getting good value for money down south. You know, Calvin Bassey and Joe Aribo brought in for very small fees and uh, Aribo expected to be away over the weekend for millions of pounds and when Rangers decide that they do want to cash in on Bassey, he'll go for much more than that. Yeah, well, Rangers, of course, as you say, Joe Aribo looks as if he's leaving, heading off to Southampton. Could well happen over the weekend. They they need a replacement for him, and Tom Lawrence looks as if he could be that replacement. He is a different type of player to Joe Aribo, but they play in a similar position. They can play in those positions behind the striker, and he maybe looks as if, well, this is a player possibly that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst fits his style rather than, you know, maybe players that were already at the club that he's having to, to work around. If you're cynical, you would look and say... 28 years old, Derby County, relegated with Derby County, uh, 
not what the Rangers fans were looking for. And Ferris Derby had a pretty tough time of it. Yeah, of course. Sure one you can yeah. pin on the players. Uh, but on the other hand, you do have Rangers track record in that regard, bringing in players like that and turning them into something substantial. Yeah, I suppose there's two ways of looking at the, the age thing. You've brought up the fact that Antonio Cholak is 28. You've got Tom Lawrence who's come in and he's 28. Some people may look at that and think, you know, that they're not adding enough youth to their squad Rangers, but other people may look at it and say, well, they're bringing in players who should be ready to go in their prime and should be able to make an impact from the off. Uh, the youthful element is there already. You know, you've got Alec Lowry there, uh, Leon King, who young men who are starting to get uh, a feel of uh, first-team football. So the youth element is there. Uh, it's now a case of how well... Tom Lawrence and Antonio Cholak uh, adapt to life in Scotland. Well, let's hear from you at home. 01419511025. Let's go to James, who's a Rangers fan in Barhead. James, what are you making of that signing of Tom Lawrence? Um, just seen it yesterday on the news. Um, did a wee bit of like, research and stuff. Seems like a very decent pro, so it's not overly excited by it. But um, I think his 28-year-old, you're right, he can come in and hit the ground running. So... Um, hopefully strengthen the first team squad but um, yeah just hopefully bring something a bit different to the squad What is it about the signing that, that you say isn't overly exciting? Just not that I've heard of not, um, I've not seen him play so I can't even say I mean I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about from the outside about how good he's been in the Derby team and, and the fact that they almost got away from being relegated after 21 points off him obviously like really strong spirit he picks up a fair few yellow cards apparently so he's quite happy to to sort of not, uh, so it's a bit tough in the field and stuff. So I just have never seen the guy, so I can't really comment on whether it's going to be good or bad. Yeah, Hugh, it's always impossible to predict whether a player is going to settle into a new team and a new league. But this is the the first real glimpse that Rangers fans are getting of what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst signings look oh. like in this window. I always think people like Tom Lawrence are a free bet. You know, you, you, there's no transfer fee involved. 28 is not clinically dead you're just 28 uh, you know so you know, he's got a lot going for him uh, but when James on the line said he wasn't overly excited I just think that the majority of Rangers supporters and I stand to be corrected but I think the majority of supporters were thinking there might be a kind of marquee signing over the, the summertime period because Rangers did make a lot of money out of Europe last season uh, they are about to get even more money from Joe Aribo and maybe the marquee signing is just around the corner and we don't know about it but as of yet they've got John Souter free Tom Lawrence free and Antonio Cholak £1.8 million and that's the extent of the spending James are you expecting there to still be a, a big marquee signing to come this summer? I think there was a comment made that it was either uh, Ross Wilson or as a source at the club came out and talked about after the run last year there was a, there was money to make uh, one signing which would effectively want to improve the, the first team straight away and I don't think Kolak or Lawrence does that so I still expect something else to come through the door um, but the, the point I made when I phoned through to producer on was available I think um, with the Golson deal in particular that going out a contract before he'd be signed with us if he was going to another club they would have offered him a lump sum signing on fee so there might be between the four um, people who extended contracts on Golson or re-signed there might have been a few 
a few quid going into there, there's like one off payments is like like bonuses to be signed with it. So I am not saying it would have been like five million, six million pound in payments, but that might be affecting the budget um as well. So I don't know if, if you have be any more insight into I know they've re-signed for like Golson for four years and the guys have got the rest of my eyes a year a bit. Would you, would you say it's likely that they got like a signing on bonus as such? That tends to happen a lot, Hugh, that players yeah. will get a, a signing on fee or a bonus when they extend their contract. But it just depends whether they are big enough to impact the, the transfer budget going forward. And it's, it's not really information we are privy to. No, but there are more questions than answers for James and the other Rangers supporters right now because uh, as ever, Morelos, Kent, what is happening? Uh, you know, the, the, into the last season of their contracts now. Uh, what are Rangers' plans regarding those two? Well, thank you to James, 01419511025 on the phones. Let's stick with them as well because Craig is a Rangers fan in West Lothian. Craig, how are you feeling about Rangers' transfer business at the moment? Yeah, I think it's going all right at the moment. I don't, I honestly don't believe that we needed that many players, to be honest with you. I think it was. I think it's been proven in 2003 and 2008 that when a Scottish team reaches a major European final, fatigue plays its part. And if you look at the way that it was for me, Celtic only really started to take over the league once they went down to one game a week and Rangers were on two a week. So to get to a European final, I don't think there's actually that much to do. I think there's a few positions that need filled, but I don't think there's any rush to do them. There's a full summer. Uh, there's only maybe two or three that I would say really need to come in. So I'm not too fussed. Yeah, at the end of the day, Celtic won the league, but only by four points. So I think Craig's entitled to that comment that there's no need to bring in wholesale signings. I do think the supporters were looking for uh, a name that they could salivate over, uh, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, But, you know, the interesting thing would be if Celtic signed another couple of players because Ange Postacoglu has spoken about bringing in two others if Celtic were to do that I think supporters like Craig then might be looking to see how Rangers responded to that because although the league was only decided by four points uh, Celtic have now gathered a squad that does look pretty tidy Craig are you the type of supporter that looks across the city and, and you know really analyses what the, the other club are doing in the transfer market? To be honest with you, this was this is touching on the main point I wanted to make. I, I don't understand what everybody's been going on about this summer, that Celtic are getting their business done early and Rangers are lagging behind and Celtic are in such a better position than Rangers. Celtic have signed two players on and spent a lot of money on them that were there last year. That hasn't been proven on the current squad. That's what they already had. So they've just reassured that. Rangers have done the same by signing a few players on extended contracts. But if you actually look at the signing Celtic have made, the only one really that's going to make an impact on the start of a living straight away is going to be the left-back. Segrist is going to be second to Joe Hart, because Joe Hart's a quality goalkeeper, so is Segrist, but Joe Hart's going to be the number one because he's the most experienced. So you look at it, to me, they've only really made one new signing that's going to make a difference to their team. So when I was seeing all this, that Rangers were so far behind and lagging behind their organisation in the summer, it just it made me laugh a wee bit because I'm, so I'm thinking this is 24 hours on now and Rangers have made three new summer signings, so now is it Celtic are lagging behind Rangers? So it's just, it's all tit for tat to me. It's, I think both teams are doing their business sensibly 
and both of them are bringing in the players as they see them becoming available. Celtic have just had their players analysed a little bit faster than what we have. What Craig has said is perfectly fair. I repeat though, if Celtic do get another couple in and they are players of a certain calibre uh, and cost a few quid, uh, the Rangers fans will then reassess and say, well, is this it for us, Antonio Cholak? And a couple of free transfer signings. I think there would be a reassessment of the situation. Craig, you said that you wanted to see another couple of signings. What areas in particular do you think Rangers need to strengthen? Ideally, I'd want a player like Veerman. I'd like someone in centre midfield that can take control of a game, can hit a shot from outside the box. But in saying that, at the same time, I do believe if we play Hadji as a number 10 and not stick him out in the wing when he's got no pace, I think he would be perfect in that position when he comes back if he's still the player he was and I also think we really need to get an out and out right winger that is going to contribute I think that's been a problem since Kandias left Rangers we've never really felt that right hand side properly Yeah Hugh a problem with Yanis Hadji is there reports today saying that he could potentially be out until after the World Cup which means that Rangers would be without him for the whole first half yeah. of the season you wonder if that news is maybe changes Rangers tact in the transfer market if this is an injury that's that's looking worse than it initially was that Rangers might need to act now well yeah you. I mean regrettably for Yanis Hadji it must have been one awful injury that he has sustained because by the time the World Cup kicks off he'd been out of football for a year uh, and to come back uh, will take quite some time um, so that would cause you to, to look at things afresh I think that right wing area that Craig brings up is one we hear a lot of Rangers fans talk about. Craig saying that the, the last you know, right winger that really pinned down that spot for them was Daniel Candeas. And you would assume that that's an area that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would be looking at this summer. Oh yeah, I mean, you've got Ross Wilson there, you've now got John Park in there. Uh, and I'm quite sure that Rangers do have other names under consideration. Likewise Celtic, you know... I just get the feeling, Andrew, that there's an ever-increasing pressure on both of them, put on them by supporters. It's relentless, remorseless. We're on the 9th of July, and, uh, you know, we're discussing where our new signings coming from and how many and how much. And uh, Right now, if they were both banned from signing players from now until the end of the season, right now... They've both got squads that are capable of a very entertaining two-horse race in the Championship. It's the 8th of July, but I take your point to you. 0141-951-1025. Thank you to Craig in West Lothian. Let's hear a bit from Antonio Cholak, who's been speaking to Sky Sports after signing for the club. Yeah, it was an amazing feeling. Uh, I was yeah, waiting just for the moment to sign the papers to get going to see the team the staff and everybody around the club and yeah I got uh, many nice messages and responses and uh, yeah it's amazing to be here now yeah I want to bring in my qualities I will want to fight give 100% on the pitch to leave yeah, my heart on the pitch and afterwards to get the reward back uh, be successful with the team score goals and um, yeah to bring in my quality to be in the chances to be in these uh, dangerous areas and um, this is yeah what I want to do and I hope uh, I will do it good. We want to achieve a lot of things this year. 
the first one is of course the Champions League qualification. Afterwards, we have a lot of titles to win, and these are our ambitions. And uh, we have to be yeah directly on point when uh, the qualification starts. Of course, with the season, of course as well. But um, yeah, I think uh, bosses uh, the bosses preparing us uh, well, and uh, that we will be ready on this day. Yeah, Antonio Cholak. They are saying that he's targeting goals, and it's pretty simple. If you're a striker, if you come in and score goals, you're going to be a success. And in that regard, he's had his highs and lows over his career. Uh, you know, he, he did well at Malmo. Uh, he did well in Croatia. Uh, but he's gone to the Bundesliga and did next to nothing there. Uh, but at £1.8 million, it's not a huge signing. He looked, as a Malmo player, very clever, very sharp. Uh, and at that kind of money, you know, you, 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 the, the risk factor is not so great. There's a chance he may even play more football towards the start of the season that even he was expecting because reports today that Kemar Roof has picked up another injury, that he didn't travel with Rangers to their pre-season training camp in Portugal. So that's an option less if, if it is a long-term injury, which we don't know yet. But Rangers obviously only a few weeks away from action. They'll hope that Kamaru isn't out for that length of time, but if he is, then Antonio Cholak will have a big job to do. Well, last season showed the problems that can be created when your natural strikers are not available to you. Uh, Morelos changed the complexion of Rangers' season when he went out. Uh, Roof, you, you're looking at Morelos first, Roof second, and arguably Cholak third. Uh, so it might even be an area, depending on the severity of Kamaru's injury might even be a, an area where self, uh, Rangers are not yet finished. Ange, so Ange Postacoglu has been speaking today about Celtic's transfer business. We'll be hearing from him after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141951025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. That's what John has done. He's taking issue with Craig, a Rangers fan who was on the phone in the first part. He says. The second caller knows nothing about football. Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers will only be better than last season. They blew his team away, both home and away. Celtic on the ascendancy again. Rangers have stalled with an ageing team. Let's hear from you at home though. 0141951-1025. Let's hear a bit from Ange Postacoglu speaking to Sky Sports today. He says Celtic's challenge this campaign is to simply improve on last season. He also believes a settled pre-season this year can give his side an advantage. The challenge is to improve irrespective of what happened last year and um, you know if we if we didn't win the title we'd be looking to improve this year to, to try and win it. We won it last year. Um, what we need to try and do is improve again. If we do improve then that gives us a chance to be successful and yeah that's what I've said to the players you know from day one this year. This is not about repeating last year's success. This is about being a better version of ourselves next year um, this coming season in every, and on all fronts individually collectively and if we improve on last year as I said what it does give it gives us a platform and an opportunity to be successful. I don't think there's any manager who'd come out and say they've had a bad pre-season or all their signings aren't good so we're all we're all kind of spread out the, the same sort of stuff and it's only when the season starts that you kind of understand where you're at and and the lesson for us is that last year we didn't have a great pre-season, we were very unsettled, didn't stop us being successful so I think the key to that is you just got to seek continuous improvement wherever your starting point is. Yeah, Ange Postacoglu, they are saying that it- probably feeling a lot more comfortable at this time last season, uh, this time this season than he was uh, last season, Hugh. 
He'll never get carried away, Ange Postacoglu. He's terrific when he says we just want to be a better version of ourselves. That's that's a good attitude to have. And when he speaks of himself and other managers, he said we all spout the same stuff at this time of year. So he's only been down to earth, realistic and bang on the money. 01419511025. Let's hear from you at home. Michael is a Celtic fan up next in our Drossin. Michael, what are you thinking tonight? Hi, how you doing, Andrew? What it is, I was listening to you, I'm listening to the show at the moment, and obviously what the guys are saying is, what you're saying is correct. And I'm listening to Post McCogwood's interview, I'm very happy with him at the moment. And the thing is, the guys are saying that Celtic have not any good players. John and Carver, Carter Vickers are cracking signings. They're going to make us better this season. So they are, and we've got... Benjamin Seagrass is, I know he's a backup, but that boy on the left back's going to be decent as well, so he is, I reckon. It's just about adding solidity to the squad. I mean, if Jota and the Cameron Carter-Bickers had not been signed on permanent deals, the Celtic fans would have been unhappy. So the club have backed Ange Postacoglu, and Ange Postacoglu is very happy to have both of them there. And it's terrific, I think, for Seagrass to be there. Uh, I, I don't think of him automatically as an understudy to Joe Hart. I think he's the equal of Joe Hart. And the best goalkeeper will be the one that Ange Postacoglu picks. Uh, We've got uh, Alessandro Bernabé coming in and he already looks the part. So that's strengthening. But the most interesting thing for me will be who else comes in before the season starts for Celtic against Aberdeen. We've heard Rangers fans say that they don't think the, the Celtic team has improved much because they've signed two players that were there already last season. But I'm sure Celtic would argue that that's long term planning they've got two guys in who are proven in the league they're a good age and they'll feel that you know they've now got them secured on long term deals which can only be a, a healthy thing Celtic like Rangers have all manner of things going on Mikey Johnson I know it's only one pre-season game but Mikey Johnson appears to have come in and uh, you know there's a player in there in Mikey Johnson he's been troubled by injury uh, he would be like uh, a new player for Celtic if he could recapture the, the form that he demonstrated before Ange Postacoglu got there uh, the younger there Rocco Vata coming in Johnny Kenny uh, all sorts of things going on James McCarthy could James McCarthy have a bigger contribution to make in the season ahead than he did in the season gone by so there's all sorts going on Michael Ange Postacoglu said today that he feels the need maybe two or three more signings what do you think is next for Celtic in the transfer well, market well to be honest as I was saying to you just on the show I've seen a little rumour today about Jordan Larson being offered a three year contract with Celtic so but the pressure could be on him because of the name I think Andrew and I hope we, we need another striker and uh, maybe a defensive mid to replace Beaton and somebody to replace Logic I think yeah, we've heard a lot about Jordan Larson since he was released by Spartak Moscow. I think it was only natural that there were going to be links with yeah. Celtic, given who his dad is. Michael's talking about the pressure of Jordan Larson coming to Celtic. Do you think there will be a huge pressure on him, given that he is, of course, the son of Henrik? The greatest pressure you could ever imagine. His father is, for some people, the best player ever to have worn Celtic's jersey. So <laughs> that's pressure. But I don't think that Ange Postacoglu does sentimentality. He'll be very well aware of Henrik Larsson and what he meant to the Celtic supporters and what he achieved at Celtic. But he will not sign Jordan Larsson unless he believes that, not just rising above the whole thing about his father's reputation, he will need to believe, Ange Postacoglu, that Jordan Larsson has something to offer. 
Now, again, it's like Tom Lawrence coming in from Derby County at Rangers. You're getting a free hit if you want to take the free hit. Uh, I'm sure Jordan Larson would welcome the chance to, to go to Celtic Park. But Ange Postacoglu will not take him on a sentimental basis. He'll only take him if he feels he adds to the squad. Michael, given what you said, is that a signing you'd be wary of or is it one that you'd be excited for? I'd be a bit wary, to be honest with you, Andrew. But I've seen clips of the boy. He looks like he knows where the goal is in that. But it's about, as Hugh said, and I would like to make a, an apology to an apologist sorry, to Hugh for last season. I, I was on the show and I called him a puppet last season, so I'd like to make an apology for that. That was just this, uh, out of the spot of the moment. You, you gave all my friends a, a real lift, let me tell you, Michael, because by the time I get home that night, my telephone was full of messages saying you're a puppet and look at that we're all friends again yeah, how good course. is that ahead of the new season thank you to Michael 01419511025 let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu shall we he was telling Sky Sports today that he believes Harry Kuehl brings an energy that can help them step up another level next season yeah, and just the, I guess an energy and enthusiasm. I mean, I, I was, um, you know, I'm always very conscious of, of making sure that every year we kind of bring a freshness to everything we do, particularly with the players. Um, you know, we had a successful season last year, but we, we kind of know we have to go up a level this year. And I think sometimes if, if players come in and see no change, I don't think it sends the right message. And um, yeah, Harry's, you know, he's sort of had a, a, a crack at trying to be a manager and, you know, he wants to carve out a career for himself. And, um, you know, he brings some real, like I said, energy and enthusiasm for us. It's interesting interesting to hear Hugh because normally when you hear a manager talking about freshening things up they're talking about new personnel in the playing squad wow. you don't really think about it from the other side that you know bringing in a new member of staff a first team coach can freshen things up from a different perspective from a training perspective adds new angles it gives the, the players a new challenge we don't understand you or I Andrew we don't understand the dynamic of a professional team's dressing room but I watched and listened to Callum McGregor at lunchtime in Austria speaking about Harry Kuehl's arrival. Now this is a man who's played at the highest levels in English football uh, and in European football and has achieved many great things and he has immersed himself very quickly in the Celtic dressing room and they seem to be very happy with him so as Ange Postacoglu said, all that he can do is try and add, add freshness, add quality, add calibre. And uh, Harry Kuehl appears to be ticking all those boxes. There's just that common theme whenever Ange Postacoglu speaks about that constant progression and constant mm. improvement and making sure that his players aren't resting on their laurels, that they need to be better every single day. The biggest pressure on Ange Postacoglu for me is that a year ago he came in when everything was chaotic. It could not have been any more chaotic. And it took him seven games to sort it out because after six games, Celtic had lost three and everyone was wondering where this was all going. And then he won, or rather I should say, he did not lose any of the next 32 and he won the title. So in a very short space of time, he took a club that was apparently going nowhere in particular and made them champions. The pressure now is that everyone is saying, oh, you've done good business in the transfer market, everything's settled now, push on. Now, last season he won the title from a position of confusion to begin with, confusion and chaos, 
And this season, everything is fine. So the pressure is to make sure that everything is indeed fine. 01419511025, that's the number Sean, a Celtic fan in Kilmarnock, has dialed. Sean, what are you thinking tonight? Hi, Paul, how are you doing, Hi, Andrew? You? Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you doing? Um, see, just before I go into Mark, the point I was phoning in, yep. Harry Kuehl, Harry Kuehl's appointment. Listen, Ange, since he came, he, he, he came over here last year, he, he, he said he liked working with different staff member, members, like to find out what people are all about. I think this is the, the season where Harry Kiel comes in. He, he knows exactly what he's going to get with Harry Kiel. Uh, and that's kind of going to lead me on to my point anyway because... Uh, we'll take that first, Sean, and I'll let you come back in because... This appointment of Harry Kuehl looks to be a very calculated one. Remember last season, there was so much talk about Ange Postacoglu. He's not brought in any of his own staff, and people were wondering when this was going to happen. But Postacoglu has clearly had his first season. He's taken stock and now realised what he needs to add to try and help Celtic improve. Again, last season, although we brought in no one, John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, Stephen McManus, they were all there. Stevie Woods, the goalkeeping coach... All there, and they made it work. Now, to fit in with Ange's mantra about just making improvements season upon season, he's brought in a very worthy addition in Harry Kuehl, and the players appear to have responded to him. Therefore, from this distance, it's been a good piece of business. What was your next point, Sean? I was just um, look, I called on earlier on and he's, he's kind of echoing but I keep reading kind of through social media and stuff that Celtic have spent kind of got sort of 15, 16 million to stand still um, that kind of ties in with the point about Harry Kuehl we've not spent 15 or 16 million to stand still we've, we've spent money for continuity and not only is it continuity there's two arguably again it's only our opinion that Carter Vickers is possibly the best centre half in the country and Jota is possibly the best wide man in the country so we've not spent money to stand still we've spent money to go forward and now we've got Harry Kiel who's going to be working with one of the best young talents in European football in Jota my, the, the, sky, the sky's the limit for that guy yeah, my take on it Sean is that it's not paying big money to stand still if they hadn't paid the big money they would have let down Ange Postacoglu and the supporters and the other Celtic players they have paid the big money to ensure that the title winners move forward. They're not standing still, they are moving forward because if they hadn't bought Carter Vickers and Jota, it would have been undoubtedly a step backwards. In theory, at the age Cameron Carter Vickers and Jota are at where they've come in and are playing regular football at Celtic, in theory, if they're progressing, they should be better now than they were Last season, they should be better in six months than they are now. And that's what Celtic will be hoping for, that it is progression. Because as young players, they should still be developing. Exactly. And I I do also believe that while they are there on loan, and Carter Vickers was on loan at several clubs, while they're there on loan last season and handling it as well as they did, they have got to be, you would imagine even happier now in terms of their peace of mind because their future is assured. They've got the contracts, they've got everything in their lives settled for the next three, four, five years and now they can go on with a clear conscience. Sean, Ange Postacoglu was saying today that he thinks they need still two or three more signings. What are you hoping to see over the next couple of months in terms of transfers? 
I, I don't know. I, I said to said to your producer, um, I think I think we need to be obviously look, looking to build the midfield. I think this guy, the Brazilian um, player, I think Souza, um, part of the Man City youth development squad. I think he looks like a good player, but obviously he looks as if he's going to Espanyol, I think. So, moving on to him, I think Celtic still need to be looking at the midfield, but I'm not sure Celtic need to be looking for players to come in and start. So, whether it's just bulking up the numbers because the, the amount of games are going to be playing. Yeah, that, that defensive midfield area is interesting, Hugh, because near Beaton can play there on his left. But Callum McGregor, of course, was the starter there over the course of last season. There's still James McCarthy there. There's still Yosuke Ediguchi there, who didn't get much of a chance last season. But the fact that Celtic were linked with Vinicius Souza, does that maybe indicate that James McCarthy and Yosuke Ediguchi aren't going to be the answers in that position? Well, that is up to McCarthy and Ediguchi. Uh, James McCarthy has three years left in his contract. Uh, last season was tough for him. He's got to make more of a contribution this season. He'll know that himself. Idiguchi was unfortunate because of the, the injury that came his way against Alwa in the Scottish Cup. We really don't know his worth to Celtic yet because he hasn't had the chance to show it. So they're in the, the pending tray. We need to find out what they are capable of. But I have to imagine that uh, Mark Lawwell, now there, uh, with his experience of finding players, most notably from South America. Uh, you, you've got Ange Postacoglu and Harry Kuehl, who must know the English market inside out from the time that he has been there as player and manager. Uh, Souza was always a bit of a dream for Celtic, and he does appear to have chosen La Liga. But he can't be the only name on the list. Well, thank you to Sean, 01419511025. Give us a call now and you could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Something that caught my eye over the past a day or so, Hugh, is that the uh, the Sydney Super Cup that we talked about so oh. much over the last uh, few months, th- there is now a, a team that is filling the spot that Rangers vacated. Everton will be the, the other team in the competition. Yeah, uh, for me, that's not an upgrade on Rangers, if I'm being honest. Uh, however, uh, Celtic are going there to cash in, literally, on Ange Postacoglu's popularity. Uh, to cash in on the fact that they are the champions of Scotland uh, and they will be well paid for their trouble Uh, and there's five weeks to fill so uh, I'm sure that it will be um, a good exercise for them Well let's hear from you 01419511025 William is a Rangers fan up next in North Ayrshire William what are you thinking tonight? Hello Andrew, thanks for having me on Hi. Hi William yeah, uh, I was listening to the first few calls and obviously we're rival fans about our signings and that and they're worried that the money's getting spent, who's coming in. Well, since Gerard came in, right, uh, he built that squad. We go to the Europa League final in a £12 million budget. And some of the teams we were playing, like Leipzig, your Dortmunds and that, £200 million, £300 million. You don't need to throw uh, loads of money at it to, to be successful. And that boy Lawrence, as Hugh says, he could be like Lidstrom. He's a he's a very good player. Don't 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 be thinking about that. He's going to be a good player for Rangers. Uh, that's just my point. I just want to get Shoes' comments on that. 
Yeah. yeah, money's no guarantee of anything. You know, the Celtic have done exceptionally well out of uh, the Japanese contingent who've come here. There are no massive fees involved at Matt O'Reilly, no massive fees involved there. Uh, and Rangers, as I say, they have bought for thousands in the case of uh, Calvin Bassey and uh, Joe Aribo, and they will sell for millions. Joe Aribo will go for millions, and one day, Sooner or later, Bassi will go for millions as well. So the size of the transfer fee can be immaterial. Celtic have got Barkas, they've got Ayeti and Bolingoli. That amounts to roughly £13 million worth of players who are of no use to Celtic. So you can get lucky, you can buy big and they play big. You can buy small and they become big. Uh, but the actual transfer fee... Uh, is no indication of anything. Sometimes fans do like to see those big money signings, though, sure. Hugh, just as a, a statement or intent, or just to, to know that the, the club are doing something. But as you say, it, it never offers any guarantees. If you want quality, you have to be prepared to pay for it. Celtic will be all the better for having Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers signed on permanent deals. Maeda turned into a permanent deal as well. They will be looking, the Celtic supporters, to find out if... Around the corner, there will be coming another couple, as Ange Postacoglu wants, and Celtic will, I'm sure, be prepared to spend on those two players, whoever they may be. Uh, Rangers, uncertain yet whether there's going to be much more activity. However, I repeat, and now I know which day of the week it is, and the date. Here we are on the 8th of July. If you stopped Celtic and Rangers from bringing in anybody... Now, they would still have two fine squads and make it a very, very interesting title race. William, how are you feeling about the Rangers squad at the moment with the additions of Cholak and Tom Lawrence over the last couple of days? Yeah, I'm feeling uh, very confident about it. As I've, I've been on the show, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, and I stated that right, Celtic were the, the best team that they won the league because they were the best team. But nobody's going to tell me we've not got the best quality in Scotland it proved the last three months of that league Rangers were the best were the best team in Scotland they go to Europe League final for God's sake you know what I mean that's some going you've got to be a really really good side their rivals they can bleat all they want they could only dream of getting to a European final dream because they're rank rotten in Europe you know what I mean but as I say just, time will tell next year I think Van Broncos gave him a full year at it you know what I mean the football we were playing in the last three months no, I mean, the Celtic games we played were, were the better team. No, I mean, we proved that. We were the better team. William, so, would Celtic fans not argue that if Rangers were a better team than Celtic, then Rangers should have won the league? No, that's, that's what I'm saying. They, they, the better, they, they were the better team. We, I still think we've got a better quality of player. You know what I mean? Celtic, Celtic gelled as a team. That's how they won the league. I still think Rangers got the, the better quality throughout the squad. Now, we go to we go to the second biggest prize in world football. You know what I mean? And we, and we came very close to winning it. That's my point. Well, uh, you cannot detract from what Rangers achieved from the the run to Seville, and you cannot dispute what William says that Celtic were not out of three different European competitions, and they have to improve their standing in Europe in the season ahead. You can argue all day long until the thirtieth of July when it all gets underway. Um, 
the fact that Rangers got to a European final meant nothing in terms of their own country because they failed to win their own country's main prize. Uh, Celtic were poor in Europe or even rank rotten, as William said, but they won the main prize at home. So you can argue until the 30th of July and then it's all about what the pair of them do on the park. William, as Hugh says, there's still a, a bit of time to go until the league campaign kicks off, but where are your confidence levels that Rangers can win the league back? My confidence is, is quite high. Celtic, Celtic are a good team. That's how they won the league last year. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Rangers are going to walk it next year. It's going to be close. But what we'll go to Stoke Day night, it's throwing away stupid points. We threw away nine points to Dundee night at Motherwell. We can't let that happen next year. We can stop things like that. It'll be a, a, a huge say It'll be a close contest Yeah Undoubtedly um, I'm really looking forward to it the, the pressure on both teams Is immense But they're managed by Two good men In Ange Postacoglu And Giovanni Van Bronckhurst They have Quality in abundance uh, They have Good young ones Good Old ones uh, They are Both Highly entertained To watch and I think the season promises so much. Uh, now you've got, how many? You've got 22 days left to shout the odds. And then it's not about shouting, it's about playing. Yeah, 22 days, that is not long at all. And I tell you what, it's just one day until the competitive action gets underway in Scottish football. The Premier Sports Cup kicks off tomorrow. The yep. group stages, it feels as if last season only just finished. We're getting straight back into the new season. And these... Group stage games are always interesting, Hugh, because they, they kind of feel like friendlies to some teams because they're so early in the season, but there's so much at stake because there'll be clubs in there that'll think, we, we've got a chance of going really far in a cup yeah. competition here further down the line. The players will be happy that the competition begins this weekend because players, down through the years, will always tell you, I'd rather play than train. And that there's a competitive edge to a cup tie. I am drawn to two of them. I want to see how Hibs and Aberdeen get on. Hibs on Saturday, Aberdeen on Sunday at Peterhead. Uh, Aberdeen and Hibs finished in the bottom six last season. That is entirely unacceptable to clubs of that size. Uh, they both brought in plenty of players. Jim Goodwin has m left his mark on Petaudry. He's started with the removal of players who didn't think their time was up but found out to the contrary that it was. And Hibs have brought in a new manager in Lee Johnson uh, who has galvanised them, re-energised them. I'm looking to them this weekend just to see what kind of team they put out, what kind of results they get, what kind of performances they deliver. Yeah, Hibs at home to Clyde. You've got Aberdeen away to Peterhead on Sunday. The, the one fixture that stands out for me, Kilmarnock travelling to play Fraserburgh. I thought these group stages were... Done. They were localised north and south. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? That's, that's something I genuinely hadn't noticed. It will be an interesting game, though. Again, Kilmarnock uh, <laughs> under Derek McInnes's management promoted the from the championship in May. Uh, Derek is more than a safe pair of hands, and uh, I look forward to seeing the contribution that Kilmarnock make to the, the Premiership next season. Yeah, I think he said in the last couple of days that he, you know, he, he's thinking of Hamden. He wants to take Kilmarnock there. He's done it plenty of times with Aberdeen and he'll still have the same ambitions. Well, right away, that's a bold statement to make. 
Look at who you've got to get rid of First of all Before you get to Hamden uh, But You might as well aim high Yeah plenty of good games Happening tomorrow Dundee against Hamilton Is one of course Fraserburgh hosting Kilmarnock Hibs against Clyde There's Kelty Hearts Against Inverness St Mirren are both And then on Sunday Peterhead host Aberdeen So we're looking forward To those I'll be back on Monday night And we'll get you The reaction to those games Over the weekend And I'm looking forward to it it is the football season starting back and I don't envy Hibs because I have covered a game up in Fraserburgh and it was January and it was very, very cold and very windy. But well, I need to go. Transmit is calling. Paolo Latini won't start till I get there. Goodbye. Yeah. Yes, Hugh is the main attraction at Transmit this weekend. I hope you have a good weekend and this is the perfect way to kick it off because it's the GBX up next. Super Scoreboard with Call Robert Wheels, your diamond cut alloy wheel refurb specialist.